everybody's angry. People are raging on the inside. Like, Everyone who calls at my job is just an absolute huge B. Like, oh my God, what I totally relate to you on that front. I have gotten so many angry people this week. I'm yeah. like, what, who are you? Like, screaming. where did you come from? Yeah. Yeah. It's not right. Like, who raised you? It's crazy. Take a minute, take right. a breath. You know? Take a second. Like, get out of here. <laughs> Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing, and now you're trying to feed him your bodily fluids. Thou shalt kill all of your hands and a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to bubble pages in your teeth. Pretend like you wear a dog. Wow. Hey guys, let's. Okay. Ooh, let's bring up the energy. Yeah. Let's bring the energy up. Doing it. Blood, moon, full moon, flower, moon. Let's do it. Put bars on your home. Lock out all the windows and board up all the doors. Don't talk to strangers. Never speak to anyone again. Don't. Talk to strangers or eat. don't leave your house except for the <laughs> candy that I eat during the show. Oh my god. Hello everyone and welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She is the blonde. Hey. <laughs> it's a Carly episode, ladies and gentlemen. So you know we're talking about kids. We're talking about kids. <laughs> we're talking about kids. It's either survivors or kids. Or kids. That's well, what time poor Carly. You know. That's why I had to talk crap to her today. Exactly. But I it thought somehow we were take works a break. out that she always gets the kid cases. I so don't know two, how. Two stories from now. Two cases from now. Not my next case, but the one after that. I'm doing surviving kids. So, but tonight, Carly is leading the episode and she is going to talk about a still unsolved missing persons case of Asia Degree. So in the early morning hours of February 14th, 2000, Valentine's Day, nine-year-old Asia Degree left her family home in North Carolina. She would be spotted walking along the side of a road a few miles from her home. Then Asia would run into the woods and never be seen again. This is like a Grimm's fairy tale. Yes. It really is. It is. This is like, you know, you go into the woods and get swallowed up by the, you know, monster or whatever and yeah. never come out. Oh, yeah, Denise. So her parents, Harold and Aquila Degree, they got married on Valentine's Day in 1988. In the following year, they had their son, O'Brien. And then August 5th, 1990, Asia was born. Asia Jaquila Degree. Born in Shelby, North Carolina, which is a small town west of Charlotte. And the family lived together at 3404 Oakcrest Drive in a rented two-bedroom apartment. They were very close, very tight-knit family. Aisha's paternal grandmother and aunt lived down the street. They would always be at each other's houses, hanging out. Her and the like I know her and her brother and their cousins having sleepovers, all that. They also were brought up in a very religious household. They always went to church together on Sundays at the Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church. And Harold and Aquila raised their children with, you know, strong Christian values. They wanted to shelter them from the evil in the outside world, 
So the kids rarely watched TV. They did not own a computer. And Aquila actually said, quote, every time you turned on the TV, there was some pedophile who had lured somebody's child away, which, you know, was not, not true. (laughs) You know what I mean? Definitely. So I understand. Yeah. And Aisha really enjoyed going to church. She went to weekly Bible study. She had friends there. So she, you know, she liked it. She was also an extremely good student. She was in the fourth grade at Falston Elementary School. And she was an outstanding student with exceptional attendance record. And she would often get student of the week. Yeah, she was like really super 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 cute and smart. She was good at science and math, but she really enjoyed reading and writing. Like that's really where she's shown. Um, And in English class, they had just finished reading The Whipping Boy by Sid Fleischman, which is like a children's book about two kids running away from home. They have an adventure. They possibly get abducted, I believe, Hmm. or something held captive in some way, and then they return home. So that's just like a little tidbit that we'll talk about a little bit later. Aisha and her brother O'Brien were also very involved in sports. They both played on the basketball teams. And Aisha was the star point guard on her peewee team, the Falston Bulldogs. I can't. Okay. I cannot. Her mom worked at Kauai America Manufacturing and her dad worked the second shift as a dock loader at PPG Industries. So when the kids would get home from school... The mom wouldn't be home yet. The dad would be getting ready to go to school. Like often they would have to just like let themselves into the house and they were really responsible due to like their upbringing and they would just go home. They would do all their chores, finish their homework all before like the mom came home from work. Um, And Aisha would also be described as cautious, shy, and she was very scared of dogs and the dark, which Mm. we will bring up again later. So leading up to February 13th, 2000, a couple days prior, Friday, February 11th, 2000, schools were closed for a three-day weekend because of President's Day. And the next day, Saturday, was Aisha's first basketball game of the season at her school, which she was thrilled about. She could not wait to start her, you know, little career this season. So cute. Um, however, the game didn't go that well. Aisha fouled out, and they end up losing the game by one point. And Asia took it really hard. She felt like she let her team down just because she fouled out one time. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just your first game. Like you're, yeah, you're she's excited. Grade. Yeah. Like yeah. it's okay. You know, but she was really upset. Like she was visibly, you know, a little teary. She was distraught, but you know, after a little while she bounced back and she was able to, you know, get on with her day. But she did happen to mention her disappointment about the game a few more times, like throughout the weekend. That night, she had um, a sleepover at her cousin's house, and I believe her brother was there as well, Um, but Sunday morning was normal. The family all went to church together. Then they went to Aisha's aunt Alicia's house down the street, where her grandmother prepared lunch for everybody, and the whole family spent the afternoon there hanging out, having the grand time, Uh, but they went home later that afternoon because Harold had to get ready for work, so because... Aisha and O'Brien had been at the sleepover the night before. Obviously, they did not sleep very well. Because, I mean, let's be yeah. real. What are kids doing at a sleepover? Everything but sleep. Yeah. Okay. So she said, I'll wake you up early in the morning. You'll, you'll take your bath or whatever. That. <clears throat> so the kids go to bed around 8. They shared a bedroom. And about an hour later, they woke up because there was a severe thunderstorm that night. And they also, around that time, had a power outage due to a car accident. 
it's like remember Aisha's afraid of the dark so this was mm-hmm. not this was not a great night for them like there's a <laughs> thunderstorm and super dark there's no power you know who knows if they had candles or flashlights or whatever they're doing if they're just like sleeping right. in the dark right so they end up going back to bed <clears throat> Aquila goes to bed and Harold comes home from work around 12 30 a.m and the power comes back on shortly after he gets home when he had first arrived home he had gone in and checked on the kids in the room they just like peeked through the door and both kids seemed to be sound asleep so everything was good but he wasn't very tired so he would end up staying up to watch tv for a couple hours some sources said that he left at this time to go get some valentine's day candy at like a local um corner store or something but i can't confirm that that actually happened Hmm. Others say that he just watched TV and went to bed and he was there the whole time. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a little bit interesting. So after watching TV for a little while, he checks on his kids one more time before going to bed around 2.30 a.m. Not too long after that, O'Brien woke up to the sound of Aisha getting out of bed to use the restroom. And moments later, he heard her bed squeak. So he assumed that she just crawls back in bed. He didn't really, you know, care to like check on it or do whatever he just went back to sleep so in the morning Aquila woke up around 5 45 a.m she got the bath ready for the kids and then goes to wake them up around 6 30 she goes into their room O'Brien is sound asleep but Aisha wasn't in her bed and at first she thought like okay that's weird but maybe she's just like up in the kitchen getting her own breakfast or a drink or something so she goes throughout the house looking for her but she can't find her so then she starts to panic a little bit she goes outside. She checks both of their vehicles. She's not there either. So she wakes up Harold in a panic. And she said, and he tells Aquila, call Harold's mother, which is the grandmother that lives down the street, to see if Aisha was there. She calls her. No, she hasn't seen Aisha. Aquila also calls her own mother, but she also hadn't seen Aisha. So eventually, then finally, Harold calls the police. But really, this has only been like a 10 minute time frame because at 6 40 the police have already arrived at the house right which is awesome that's a very quick response that's Mm -hmm. great they bring in search dogs but the dogs are unable to pick up a scent on asia sometimes i guess they do fuck up yeah because like some some sources said like oh well it was the, the severe thunderstorm like maybe they couldn't catch a scent because all the rain had washed it away but that's not the case usually it's the opposite that the moisture like makes the scent stronger. But I'm wondering like maybe because she lived there and there was no definitive like point of exit that maybe it's just her scent was everywhere. So they couldn't like get a trail. You know what I mean? It's just her scent was all over the place. She lived there all the time, you know? So they can't really find a scent. Law enforcement and Aisha's family, they searched the neighborhood, um, no sign, but by noon, over 60 people from the area and their church congregation would help in the search as well. A helicopter that had heat detection infrared heat detection found out about it for some reason and they flew overhead the neighborhood to try to help the search as well everyone starts searching the woods the fields around the house and they find nothing they find Mm -hmm. a mitten that didn't belong to asia so they literally found nothing so the parents go back and they search through asia's room looking for a clue and they find that her backpack was missing and her backpack is where she kept her house key so that was strange and also missing were her tweety bird purse and some clothes her tweety bird purse yeah oh my gosh there's no sign of forced entry in the bedroom and all of the doors and windows in the apartment are locked so they could only 
make the conclusion that Aisha left of her own volition. Doesn't seem that anyone, there was no like burglary gone wrong. So this would mean that O'Brien hearing that squeak of Aisha getting back in bed was not Aisha getting back into bed at all. Who Was it her opening the window? Was it her, you know, going on the bed to get her backpack and grab the things she needed to put into the backpack to leave? We really don't know why she would have packed her book bag at all. Right. We have no idea, but that would make you assume that she had planned something. She obviously planned it in some way. Right. So that evening, her disappearance was broadcast on the local news, which led to several witnesses coming forward. So three different people contacted the police stating that they had seen a girl matching Asia's description, which we assume actually was Asia walking alongside North Carolina highway 18 between 3:45 and 4:15 a.m. This is about a block away from her home. One of the drivers was very concerned. Obviously there's a 9-year-old girl walking by herself in right. the middle of the night next to the road. She also didn't have appropriate winter clothing on. Like she just had her backpack and like a t-shirt or a nightshirt or whatever that she was wearing. So like it it made absolutely no sense. So this driver was so concerned that he made a U-turn to turn around to see if she needed help. But when he approached her, she darted off into the woods. And that was the last time that anyone saw her. So it's weird to me though, because I just got to bring this up. It's not quite the same, but like, you know, like the bystander effect. Have you ever heard of it? It's like when something, you know, is witnessed and there's a few different people witnessing it. The other, like people always think that someone else will call it in, like someone else another bystander will probably take charge and call 911 or get help or whatever. So right. Like, and that results nobody in no one anything. doing it. Right. But, so it's not quite the same, but it just is weird to me that there are three different people who call the police saying that they saw her around this time, 3.45 a.m. in the middle of the night after a storm walking line inside the road, but only one person actually went to try to help her. Yeah, it's odd. Isn't that weird to me? It is. It's weird. It's totally weird. I get sometimes people just don't want to get involved, Mm -hmm. but it's a kid. Yeah. You know, but that one person tried and, you know, Aisha, I don't know whether she thought stranger danger. She just started into the woods, right? So police would search heavily into the woods where she was last seen. And they came upon a shed of a nearby business, Turner Upholstery. Now the shed is like where they kept their extra furniture or whatnot. And this is about 300 feet from the road. And in the shed, they found some candy wrappers, a pencil, a marker, and a Mickey Mouse shaped hair bow. So apparently the owners of the business, the Turners, had found these things in the shed, but they didn't really think anything of it and had left them there like they found them that morning or whatnot. But because the police ended up searching the woods, they put two and two together. Sure. So they would, Aisha's family would confirm that the items belonged to her. And so the police assumed that she used the shed as shelter from the storm while she was out in the middle of the night. So by February 18th, a few days later, the temperature in North Carolina had dipped to like the lower forties. So authorities pretty much concluded that if Aisha had been lost or injured while outside, like she would no longer be alive because of the weather and the temperature. Mm. That's just like a shitty. Yeah shitty situation there's still no sign they still find absolutely nothing in the woods except for those candy wrappers in the shed but really it tells us not much um february 28th the family's interviewed for the media and o'brien shares some stories of asia he talks about her tweety bird purse and he says that asia's favorite book series is the horrible harry series 
and he hoped to read those books again with her someday. Like heartbreak. Total. Remind, remind me again, Carly, how old O'Brien is at this time. He's like a year and a half older than her. Okay. Maybe like, you know, not quite two years older, maybe a year, okay. something like that. So, like, you know, 10, 11 tops. So the following month, there's still no signs of Asia. The police have interviewed all the local sex offenders, which is like standard protocol, but apparently they all have alibis or, you know, nothing that led to anything really. Her family starts selling t-shirts with her picture on it to spread awareness, but then they had to stop because they found out someone was trying to pocket the money themselves. What? What? Can we talk about how shitty people are for like a quick second? Because what the, like, why? Are you I don't know who me? it was, but like, obviously someone probably close to them, right? Like helping Definitely. them in a charitable cause to help, you know, find their missing daughter. Yeah, taking advantage, like, like mm-hmm. really disturbing. You know, with the money that they did raise, they were able to offer a $5,000 reward for information on each disappearance at the time. The family would go on the Montel Williams show. Okay. Montel Williams was the best. I got to say. Loved. Loved Montel Williams. Loved, loved, loved Montel. I watched it all the time. Like A plus. We didn't have podcasts growing up. So we had talk shows. This is what we had. So Montel, Sally, Sally, Ricky, Jenny Jones, Jerry, all of it. Oh, I, I loved it. Freaking Sally. Oh my Sally God. in the red glasses, man. Sally for life. Yo, I watched Oprah too. Oprah still, all the time. Are you kidding me? I still remember when Tom Cruise had his freak out on the Oprah show. <laughs> I'll never, I live. I can't. Yikes. I cannot stand Tom Cruise. Never have. Can't. Yeah, the sorry. worst. The worst. Never. How do you oh. mess up a relationship with Nicole Kidman? Okay. I mean, how do, like, how do you let her go? So we determined that that was a lie. They determined. <laughs> they went on the Montel Williams show. Aisha's disappearance was featured on America's Most Wanted and the Oprah Winfrey show. But aside from this, Aisha's case really had not been featured in the spotlight other than the local news stations from time to time. And Aquila was interviewed by Jet Magazine and she commented on this fact. She said, the only reason the Monta Williams show knew anything is that the coach's sister went online and she reached out to all of them, but only Montel responded. Once the local channels found out we were going to the Monta Williams show, one of them flew up and they flew a reporter up too. Then we did the interview with the local channel, missing white children get more attention. 100%. 1,000. And it sucked because... It was nice that they got interviewed by Montel, right? But Oprah didn't actually interview them. She just used the footage from the National um, Children. Missing missing and Exploited Children. Thank you, yeah. Because America's Most Wanted, like I feel like they're right in tandem with each other. Yeah. Uh, Missing and Exploited Children and America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So she just used that and aired it to, okay. Not really enough though. Have us on or, you know, call us anything. Um, so the family would undergo polygraph testing, which is like just routine protocol, but everyone passed. So that was like a non-issue. Lead investigators took this case to Quantico to create a profile of a possible suspect, but they did not release that profile to the public because they didn't really want everyone. Oh. I know. Oh, I struggle. They say they didn't I really want everyone to rule it. out someone who didn't completely fit the profile. I get it. Totally. But in the meantime, we have nothing. 
No. And like, this is, I feel this way about Delphi too. Give us yeah. the profile. I want to yeah. see that profile. Yeah. I know. And I know like it's, it probably touches on something that is integral to their investigation. Absolutely. So they don't want to, they don't want to give it away to us, you know, but I just feel like that if you're not going to release anything, right. Especially right. in the Delphi case, we know nothing. Yeah. The profile would just be so helpful to, mm-hmm. to help us come up just creatively with, you know, maybe we should check out this or how can we crowdsource this or. Right. And this case, it's also a little bit strange because it's not technically classified as a 100% abduction either. So what right. is the profile even profiling? You know what I mean? Like what mm-hmm. kind of suspect are we even talking about? Because they think that Asia left of her own volition and probably met with foul play. So is it she happened upon foul play? Is it that it was a planned thing? Like we what are we talking about here? You know? Yeah. So the case was still actively investigated, but it ends up turning cold. All leads coming up with no results. So the following year, August 3rd, 2001, 26 miles away in Burke County, which is the opposite direction of where Asia was walking. A contractor on a construction project found a backpack wrapped in two black plastic trash bags. And the backpack is confirmed to be Aisha's as it had her name and phone number printed on it. And this is like a very, very weird thing about the case that is like, in my mind, like one of the biggest sticklers. Okay, fine. Like her backpack is found 26 miles away. That's weird. It's weird that it's found buried and not just some, you know, like in a ditch somewhere or whatever, or in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. But it's not only buried, it is wrapped in two black plastic bags. So this person, whoever is burying it, is 1000% trying to preserve it for some reason. And it's a year later. Yeah. It's a, it's planted. It's, it's planted. Yeah. We don't know how long it was buried, obviously. Okay. But I don't I get, know. No, I, co- I agree with you that it's probably a distraction or a decoy in some respect. Like, absolutely. It just doesn't make any sense to wrap it up in two bags, not just one, two. Like they need to make sure moisture isn't going to ruin this thing. Like, were they planning on getting it themselves later? Yeah. Were they going to return to it? Sorry, Quinny's. I feel like I'm being so quiet, but I'm writing down 70,000 notes as you go through this case. Yeah. So were they going to go back to it? Were they going to try to get like, get it again? Or like, that was my initial thought. I just don't understand who or why or, or what. Yeah. You know? Well, the rest of, it only gets stranger too. It only gets yeah. stranger. So in the bag, right? So the bag itself is Asia's. We get that confirmed. So odd. So odd. But in the bag, they find a concert t-shirt of New Kids on the Block and a kid's book, McElligott's Pool by Dr. Seuss. Neither of those items belonged to Asia. However, the book was from Asia's elementary school. And it was checked out, but we don't know the name of the student who checked it out last. Something clean. And the what? owner of the t-shirt was never found either. Something clean. Something ain't clean. That's like some child trafficking shit. Exactly. That's a huge okay. clue. That is right? a huge clue. Yeah. Right and I don't know if the law, if the authorities have the person who checked out the book or whatever happened, but we, the public does not have it. So I'm not entirely sure they may in fact have that information but we do not 
either way, there is a kid's book that did not get checked out by Asia or belong to Asia and a random adult's concert t-shirt. It's like the stuff that was all left over. It was like the last little tidbits of kids. Yeah. A group of kids or something that got trafficked. Shoved it in a bag and went and buried it in the freaking ground in an opposite direction of where they probably were taking these children. But why not just burn it? Yeah, it's not that it can't be that simple. Right? Like, I I feel like that's the right track, but to preserve it in two bags and bury it. And we don't know if it was buried way before it was going to be a construction site or was it buried while construction was still happening as if someone were up- to sure okay you know so if I mean? it's in the bags and it say they pour foundation on it or something yeah it's not going to show a large imprint of a backpack and a whatever right. it might be flattened out or something if it something. was in the bag so oh okay so you're saying it's possible that it could have been dumped there in anticipation of construction so that it would be covered up. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Wow. And I'm saying it could, I'm saying that they could have possibly planted it there in order to make it look like, and maybe that like, so you said, why wouldn't they just burn it? Yeah. They wanted the evidence to be, it's almost like if the perpetrator wanted it to be, if it was found that you're going to, think that she is in that area which is what 20 it's 26 miles away yeah. miles away like I said it's like a trying to set distract you and make you think that while the people are looking here and mm-hmm. meanwhile you're just like getting farther and farther away sure or getting more time to cover it up you know what I mean that would make sense However, why other people's items? Why add an extra layer yeah, where they the could find there. a clue from those other items? Why not just the backpack yeah. by itself? Yeah. And if that this is so trafficking, they're trying to, tra- if it's trafficking, I feel like we're much less likely to see that. Yeah. Trafficking, they just want to be, they just want it handled and done. And they would burn the it and it. they would be done. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we don't know. <sighs> However, they do search the construction site other clues they search it very thoroughly they do find a man a pair of men's khaki pants and animal skeletal remains all of which were sent to the fbi crime lab in quantico but the results were not made public help us out here guys give give us a break please my question is okay maybe the pair of men's pants is not remotely involved it is just one lone pair of pants right anybody could have owned a pair of pants however maybe it's connected and maybe there is semen on the men's khaki pants or some kind of dna evidence and that is why they are not making those results public because it was if it was just random pants they would say nothing found you know sheriff crawford i put detective on my notes it's sheriff crawford lead investigator he brought in an expert child interviewer kimberly poyer to interview O'Brien and some of Asia's friends. And her friend said that a couple days before she went missing, February 10th, Asia had showed them some money in her wallet, but wouldn't say where she got the money from. Boom. Okay. Boom, boom, so boom. immediately I'm like grooming, like someone's grooming her. Cause like she didn't really get an allowance. She was a really good kid. So like, I can't necessarily assume that maybe she like like stole it or pilfered it from his her mom's purse or something like maybe she did but i don't think so from what we know of asia you know what i mean which isn't right. a lot but so i just think like automatically i'm like okay she's being groomed <laughs> like maybe yeah. that's not true but 
then like, why wouldn't she just say where the money was from? Like, why didn't she say, oh, I got it for Easter. I got it, you know, I got it for my birthday. I got it for Christmas. Like I mowed my neighbor's lawn and got some, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't she tell her friends? Yeah, exactly. Why would she show them the money, but then not tell them where she got it from? All these cases, everybody listening, I got like no answers and a million questions. So that's really just what we're talking about. 13 years later, okay, nothing has happened. 13 years later, January, 2014, U.S. Marshals arrest 52-year-old Donald Preston Ferguson in South Carolina for the 1990 murder of seven-year-old Chalanda Poole, who was found strangled, stabbed, and sexually assaulted behind a Greensboro, North Carolina elementary school, which is approximately two hours away from Shelby, North Carolina, where Aisha was from. A law enforcement thought like maybe this will be a direct connection and maybe this is the guy however they find that they he has not have any involvement in Aisha's experience february 2015 cleveland county sheriff's office and the fbi begin to re-examine Aisha's case they do they interview everybody again they go through all the evidence with a fine-tooth comb they go top to bottom re-examination right which generates more than 350 new leads including 45 in just 2014 alone so like they're like maybe we'll get something so a new lead was made relevant in may 2016 and law enforcement announced to the public that there may have been a sighting of Asia entering a dark green early 1970s Lincoln Continental Mark IV or Ford Thunderbird with rust along the wheel wheels. Like, cause they're this, very similar cars. This reminds me of uh, Wayne Williams and the Atlanta child murders. Yeah. This reminds me of that big boat car rolling up, picking up kids. Yep. That, yeah, that is so scary. But we don't know any more about that lead. That is all we know. Okay, so they release that information and they release pictures of those two types of cars for people to take a look at. Apparently nothing comes of it because we find out nothing else. So working with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, the FBI has released multiple age progress photos of Asia, including a new version. The FBI has offered a $25,000 reward on top of the now $20,000 set aside by the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office and the community. So it's a lot of money. It's a good amount of money. Definitely. Um, so after all these years, Shelby, North Carolina, Asia's hometown still has missing pictures of Asia plastered all throughout the area, along with blue ribbons that are tied around trees and light posts just to like keep her memory alive and, you know, try to get some more information. The Dewey family has done everything to keep Asia's case in the spotlight as much as they can. Um, they ended up creating a scholarship in Asia's name after O'Brien graduated from high school. And each year they host a walk where people gather at the Degree family home. And they walked to where Aisha was last seen, which now there's a billboard that stands there with Aisha's picture on it. Um, The walk was originally on Valentine's Day, which is, again, the day that she went missing. But they, after 10 years, they changed it to February 7th because Aquila said it's not right for people to be sad on a day that should celebrate love. So sad. Okay. And it's also, remember, Harold and Aquila's wedding anniversary that day as well which they have stopped celebrating because it reminds them too much of Asia's disappearance. Of course. Like, uh, like, first of all, it's even a big deal that they're still together because a lot of the time after a child goes missing or is killed. This causes a lot of damage. It to the causes. Car. Yeah. And like they, a lot of the time don't stay together. And actually the degree family had been thinking of moving. They had had an appointment with a realtor the morning of February 14th, 2000, the day that Asia disappeared. But they canceled the appointment and they stayed in the apartment for two decades in case Asia returned. Oh my God. 
they have since moved to a new home, which they said was an extremely hard decision to make. And Aquila said, no matter where we live, we are going to always be her parents and we are going to always be looking for her. I wouldn't care what I missed. All I want to do is see her. So there's a couple new leads that come up, that come about, like come across. Um, nope. Nope. <laughs> No, the roll it back. Okay. I I can't understand why you're tripping over your words, Carly. This is the lightest subject matter in history. (laughs) So I can't understand why you might be upset. Oh, they did get some new possible leads in November, 2000. These are random ass leads guys. This is, it doesn't make any sense. Like it's all bad. November, 2000, a former classmate of Aquila's named Baron Ramsey randomly confessed to being involved in Asia's disappearance. Now this shit makes me mad. Yeah. It makes me real sorts of heated. He claimed that he and another man had made a drug deal. Okay. They were in Hickory or somewhere. They were driving home when they accidentally hit Asia with their car. Realizing she was dead, they pulled her body into the bed of their pickup truck and then decided to take a fishing trip to Moss Lake and just dump her body in the water. So law enforcement get people to drag this lake two times, not once, but twice. And they search Highway 13 thoroughly for any evidence of the hit and run, and they found absolutely nothing. Oh, why do you think that is? Because Ramsey made this shit up to get get some help with a plea deal he had for, oh, I don't know, a bank robbery. Cool. So can we add 400 years onto his sentence, please? Okay. How terrible is that for her family? Like this dude was like, oh, I know. I heard about this girl I used to have in my class. Her daughter went missing. So let me just exploit that real quick. And say I know something when I really don't. So I get less on a bank robbery deal. Like what? Wow. I mean, like, honestly, like lie to the cops, go ahead. They're used to it. They don't care. Like, like say whatever you want to the police, but like, you know, this got back to her family. You know, her family was hanging on bated breath to get, to find out what the results of that search were going to be. Absolutely. Like. Like get your, get her, that little nine-year-old girl's name out your mouth. Yeah. Like she's a chip, like she's a bargaining chip. And you can just be like, oh, I'll give you this. If you don't make me pay for my, for my bank robbery charge. Like, are you kidding me? Real quick that I did. It's disgusting. It really is. It's absolutely disgusting. So law enforcement was like, yeah, no. After they already have dragged the lake two times searching for this poor nine-year-old girl's body. Okay. So horrible. Like the tax money, the, the people, the poor people's time, the poor, the grief, the family's dealing with trying to think of some, like maybe they're going to find an answer and then they don't. Okay. In 2020, a prison inmate sent a letter to the star that he knew what happened to Asia. A man named Marcus Mellon wrote to the news outlet to say that the child was killed and he knows how, and he knows where to find her. And Mellon asks investigators to come see him to find out what happened. He writes in the letter. Quote, Asia Degree has been missing for over 20 years. About four months ago, I had found out her whereabouts and what had happened to her. She was killed and then took and buried. I do know how and what town she is in. I hope you get this letter and do come see me. It's on the up and up. I don't know whether to like 
growl in, in rage or just laugh. Like, I'm not sure. This is, this is like the guys who confessed to Jean Benet. Yes. It like, really what is. are you doing? Also, like, I, so, okay. to be fair, he didn't confess. He just happens to know where she is right, and what right, happened, right. And what everything, but like didn't do it. But like, yeah. And I will say it's weird that he says she was took and buried. She was killed then. Took and then and took and buried. That's really strange though. Now, is that meaning he's just, doesn't have very great grammar and he's just saying she was killed and buried or is he mean took in a sexual assault situation mm-hmm. right either way it's all bad but how do you just randomly find out four months ago now you're gonna write to the authorities come see me come give me a visit and i'll tell you all about it yeah that's really weird why not just say what you got in the letter exactly honestly because it's not it's it's not a popular sentiment in prison to get a visit from the cops People do not like that. You do not want right. to be seen as having a conversation no. with, like, you do not want to be seen that way. Well, this guy's already not doing so great because prisoners also really don't like sex offenders who deal with children. And this guy is serving 14 years in prison for sex crimes against children. Oh, okay. Right. So he has nothing to lose. He has absolutely nothing to lose. But what is he even trying to do? He's already hated. He's already probably going to get shivved at some point. And now he wants the cops to come visit him Mm. because he allegedly knows everything about this case. He knows all the details. Also, as far as notes go, I mean, the grammar sucks, but as far as notes go, you're not giving the cops any, any proof that you have any idea what you're talking about. No, no detail. Like, no not nothing. like I heard about it from a certain person who know, you know what I mean? Like any sort of even tiny little detail that would make them be like, maybe he really does know something. Right. It's literally like he pulled it out of a hat. Let me get all these names of kids that are missing and pull one out and say, oh, I know this kid. I know this kid's case. And let me, you know get the police down here to talk about it. The police get this note. He technically has not been interviewed by the police because of COVID-19, but detectives said that the investigators and the FBI will interview him when the situation at the prison is under control. But I tend to think, okay, that's obviously true. We We all know about the pandemic, but I tend to think that if they thought there was actually any possibility they would figure it out. You know what I mean? So like, yes, they're going to follow the lead just to see what he says, but they obviously know it's complete bullshit. So just yeah, I mean, again. what what is the star, Carly? Is that just a magazine or paper? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's, just, it's like a, just a um, newspaper. I couldn't find out exactly which the star sure. was contacted. Popular. You know what I mean? Because it's like everyone wants to be called a star. But either way, if they really thought he had any information, they would have figured it out corona or no corona you know what i mean so aquila said after 20 years i still believe my daughter is alive she says i do not believe she is dead and i know someone knows something i'm not crazy enough to think that a nine-year-old can disappear into thin air without somebody knowing something so at this point when we're recording asia would be 30 years old and like i said before we'll include the ncmec age regression photo for our youtube technically the age photo is like when if she were 26 years old but you know it's basically the same aisha is a black female she was nine years old when she went missing she was about four six and around 60 pounds asia has black hair and brown eyes and she was possibly wearing a white nightshirt with a teddy bear on it 
an acid wash or white jeans with white size three sneakers when she disappeared. And there, anyone with information on Aisha's disappearance or current whereabouts, and they actually know something, not like these two jackholes who decided to contact the police, is encouraged to call the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office at 704-484-4822. Damn. What do you, what do you think happened, Quinnies? I know it's not, there's not a lot of information, so it's definitely like a short episode and what, you know, not a lot of information to discuss, but like, what do you think happened? I have so many freaking thoughts about this. Yeah. I literally have so many thoughts about right, this. Let's hear it. But just a couple of my biggest main ones. I looked up the whipping boy. Yeah. First of all, can we talk a little bit about that? So I, cause I definitely think that she like ran away. She like did a runaway thing, Yes. but she had every intention of coming back. She was literally reading this book in school. Mm-hmm. I literally remember what it was like to be nine years old and the kind of imagination that I had. Oh yeah. Just like building your own world, like in your own head. That's mm-hmm. like just so a thing when you're that age. And I can totally see from the whipping boy, okay, because it is, it's about a little prince and his whipping boy, because the prince is so bold that they hire, they basically pay this other little boy to like become the whipping boy that always gets punished for the prince Mm -hmm. to try to teach the prince a lesson, even though it won't really. And they end up running away from the castle or whatever, and they get taken like by these two criminals basically that are going to try to get a um some kind of wealth or you know um ransom for the prince Mm -hmm. right and one of them is like is a highwayman like described as being like really gross and they're like scary you know whatever they're bad guys like scary bad guys they and you're right Queenie, like you said earlier and the thing like they do end up escaping and like they do end up being okay but like there's like money involved. And then like, there's like these, all these weird little plot twists that happen Mm -hmm. that are just like very strange. And I just think there's a lot of like weird similarities. Like it seems like there's also a very big possibility that she would have gotten into a car with someone Mm -hmm. because the way that this sort of book, like this sort of story goes, the fictional story is like, it's like very much they're on an adventure and they're going into all these yeah. different meetings with all these different kinds of people and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of my biggest things. Like, I think something happened to her. Like she was just going to go like run a few miles away from home and like maybe try to be like independent for a second or something. And like, she went and like this, she stayed in the shed And like, you know, she was maybe playing in there for a little while and like something happened to her that like wasn't supposed to happen like on her little adventure. I have a hard time believing that she ran away. I get it. The backpack, all Mm -hmm. of these things, Mm -hmm. it it does like, I see why all of those signs point to that, but I just, she was a very responsible, very level-headed kid, very bright, very had a lot of freedom. And sometimes I think that when you, a lot of people make a big deal out of, you know, the house was very strict mm-hmm. and they didn't have Christ, back, they, yeah, they, hard Christian rules, hard whatever, Christian yeah. rules. And they didn't have a computer. I'm like, I was thinking about it. I'm pretty sure we got a computer in 2001. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. did not have a computer like before that. It's Definitely not like now. Not. No. You know, I just, I, I, I wonder what gets her to the point of going out in the dark right? What she's afraid of 
right. um, what gets her like to that runaway point. I feel like I could understand it more if she was supposed to come home from school and ran into the woods for three hours. And then when it got dark, yes. came home. That makes more sense to me. Yes. The middle right. of the night throws it off for me. I don't know. I just feel like at nine years old, it's very, it's very much just an age that you yes. would so in your mind, you would do something like that because you, not that, and, and you're right. I agree with you, Quinny, because she was smart. She was bright. She, she was afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. She also, her parents, it's not that she was sheltered. Her parents had, you know, they obviously like they had told her about safety and how, you know, that like she knew little things like that. So I think you're right. Like, I just think that she might've gotten adventurous maybe a little bit, or she had this spark of like imagination. And she mm-hmm. thought that she could be brave enough, like to go face you know, something or something, because I just know that books like used to inspire me to do that. Absolutely. I, I was Harriet the Spy, like mix up files of Mrs. Lee Frank Wilder, like, same kind of thing, like Bridge to Terabithia. I was okay? just thinking of that. Oh, I'm like, oh my Bridge God, that Terabithia. book. <laughs> but middle of the night though. I know. That's yeah, what throws that it is. off for me. You're right. That throws After it a off very bad You're storm, right. they didn't have power. Right. I mean, they did at the time that she left, but when she went to bed, they did. And they were in the pitch darkness. She was terrified of the dark and of dogs. Like why? Okay. Binnies. My other one is Harold Binnies. Something ain't clean about Harold mm. fully. Okay, I don't so get a look vibe term. from the parents though. I don't get the vibe no. from him either. I don't. And you look at him and you don't get that vibe. And also I was like, I was raised by a man named Harold. So I actually have a very special love for that name. Okay. <laughs> Um, but still that seemed a little fishy to me though. Mm -hmm. That was just a little bit fishy to me. That was like a red flag that popped up to me a little bit. I went to go get the Valentine's Day candy, but I like was forgetful or kind of, and I can't remember. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's a little weird. You know, what makes me think that it's not the parents is the mom checking the cars. Yeah. She is. That is such a thought of a concerned parent to be like, it, what is the absolute last place that they could possibly be for any, like doing something stupid, like mm-hmm. to, to even to go there to that step is like, it's the furthest thing from your mind, mm-hmm. you know, it, but I guess that is the mom. So that doesn't necessarily exclude the right. dad. Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't feel like I get the vibe from him. The first thing I thought was maybe she did get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Maybe she did get hit by a car and someone did not want to come forward and say, that they had killed a nine-year-old girl, which makes sense. And they took care of it. But then Carly very astutely pointed out that she disappeared in very likely all white clothing. Yeah. Which probably would have made her very easily spotted just like she was by the person who saw her on the road. Three different people. Three different people saw her on the road. Apparently. Right. Um, I don't like the English class. I do not yeah. like it. I don't like it. I don't like the story. I don't like that that connection there. Me neither. I, I know she's a star student, star athlete, star, all of the things. She's clearly very well-rounded, very well-liked. I'm wondering if there is a TA 
or there is someone at the school who is forging a relationship with this child. I don't like, I do not like that the key, that her house key is inside of her backpack. I do not like that. I understand that they're trying to teach her responsibility, but I don't, I, I don't know. Did, did the guy say, give me your key for half an hour and I'll give you 50 bucks or what, or whatever it is. I mean, in that time it was probably 20 bucks or 10 bucks or something Yeah, because she's nine years old, but then is there, is that an easy and simple point of entry into the home that would be, and, and did he go out? Did Harold go out and get some candy and the, everyone in the house was asleep. And that was the opportunity for this person to to do something like that. And Quinny, that's a good one. Quinny though, too, because of the library book from the school being found in her backpack. Yep. So I, Vinny? I also think that there's another universe. I've, I have some, this is a little bit of a weird one. And the next one I'm going to tell you is a, even a little bit weirder, Love but it. that this, I think that there may be a universe where this person who has been forging a relationship with her says, Asia, I really need your help. We are going to get a few things together for another child. We're going to help a child. There's a child who needs help and they need, uh, they need you to come and you're going to, you're, you're going to be a part of this. And we're going to like, we're going to do some sort of the way that Amy Mihaljevic's killer was like, Mm -hmm. we're going to go buy a present for your mom. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're going to go do this thing that is, I don't know, some sort of good deed thing. Uh, Like, you know, a church, you know, even the church, yes, even the church, what if the relationship is coming from the church or what if it, you know, Mm -hmm. what if that's a a piece of it? You went to church that morning. Right. Yeah. So that could like, why this day? Yeah. And, and then what about the significance of Valentine's day? Yeah. It is her parents' anniversary. Yeah. It is like, you know, then it's like, okay, are you going to like go out and do something special for your mom and dad? Right. Or are you going to let, like, are you, uh, I don't know. I feel like that Tweety Bird purse with the marker and the pencil and the candy was packed for her mm-hmm. and the backpack was there. I, I really don't know why. Yeah. I really, like, I really don't. And new kids on the block, like that yeah. shirt predates this little girl by, yes. by five years, probably at like, least, at least. She, that's like that shirt even is just like a, th- a throwback to a time before well, yeah, she they're would, from like, the 80s they're, they're from, from the, the 80s, 80s. exactly right. so like right. before she was born right so Correct. that i don't fully understand that's and what i'm saying this is those are what get that damn backpack with the I random know. shit in it that doesn't belong to her that's what gives me the traffic child trafficking mm-hmm. vibes It's a cluster of things from a group of kids. Mm -hmm. It's evidence that was left behind that got thrown into the backpack together. We just, we destroyed the kids or whatever. We got rid of the kids. We sold the kids, whatever we did. And then, oh shit, we were keeping them here. Here's some shit that was left over. And it's like, they put it all together in the backpack threw the backpack in some trash bags and fucking buried that shit. That's what it, the and fact Carly, that it's just random Carly's suggestion shit. that it was put at the construction site to be hidden by whatever was going to get, was going to be, be built, built there. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Why are they moving? Where's the skeevy ass, creepy landlord who has a key to the house? Yep. Why, why are they getting out of there? I really want to know that if I, if I was able to speak to them, I would want to know why they were going to move. 
because uh, I immediately got thoughts of like, I've had some landlords who are like creeps, capital yeah. C creeps. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, there's somebody with somebody access with to the house, you yeah. know, like there's somebody who can get in there and fucking do Anytime. something nefarious. Oh, Quinny's, I, uh, I can't get past that money. The money, the money. The, I feel like the money is such a key is such a key to this. And unfortunately I do feel like she was in that shed. I do not feel like she was alone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that the, the candy and the, whatever that's scattered around there is a by the wrappers or whatever it is. Yeah. Marker pencil is a byproduct of a struggle. Yeah. Of a situation. And it, uh, you know, I, I, I love that her mother holds out hope that that's not the case. I know, you know, and that's so, uh, that's so typical of moms that we cover on the show that as yeah. long as you don't have remains, you have to believe that maybe they're alive and maybe they got out and maybe they're okay. But that shed is, I feel like that shed is a, if she is out there and walking down the road, what's yeah. she doing in that shed? Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, Aquila was, um, interviewed by someone, I'm not sure I, when I watched some footage and she said like, because they're so religious, right. She has such a strong faith. She's like, I know that the God that I have faith in would not, he would give me a sign that he took her soul if she was no longer alive. You know what I mean? Mm. In some, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what she said, but yeah, like I, I don't know. My I, thought, this is my, these are my thoughts. I have one of two theories that are similar, but not quite. So remember the basketball game, right? That she lost, that she felt was her fault. And she was very upset about it. The family said like, maybe there's a tiny possibility she ran away because she was still upset about the basketball game. But like, I know when you're nine, like that's a big deal. And she was obviously upset about it, but that was like the day before she'd already had like a fun sleepover with her cousin. She went to church and like had a good time there. She was hanging out with her family that Sunday afternoon, having a great time. Like she's really that upset about the basketball game still to run away in the middle of the night. Like that doesn't make sense. So I tend to think that kind of like what you said, Joss, about a teacher or a church person, this person, whether they're involved in the class or not, at least knows that she read this book and maybe said, cause she loved reading and writing. She, maybe she really liked the book and she, they would be like, do you want to have an adventure? Like the prince and the whipping boy did get a backpack, get some food, you know, make some clothes. Cause we might need, you know, this, that, or the other and meet me here make sure your parents don't know we'll have an adventure and you'll get home in time for school the next day or what have you. I just don't know if that person is the sole responsible person for her missing at that point, or did she meet with any other foul play while out to meet that person? Like, did she even get to that person or met with foul play before that? You know what I mean? I don't necessarily know that part. The dang backpack though, you guys, like I know the khaki pants, the men's khaki pants that are also found at the construction site. Okay. That they won't release. Exactly. Yeah. What the fudge? They may have literally nothing to do with it. And I could just get that out of my brain and it could just focus on what's in the backpack, but because they found it at the construction site and aren't releasing any of the results. Right. It's weird. Makes me think 
that they're obviously connected in some way. Yes. Definitely. So like, or at least the pants, there's a profile and they're, right. they, they're protecting right. the profile. Yeah. Do the pants and the new kids on the block shirt belong to the same person. Okay. Did they give her the money to be like, in case you need a cab or to go on the bus or, you know, right. Whatever. Or just in case for food. Cause obviously she just brought candy with her or whatever. And then how does she wake up at the right time? Yeah. Right. Because this is like the power she's is in out. the bed next to her brother oh, it was out. It went, it went back on, but still. Right. So the, so power outage, at least when she went to bed, right. Power was out. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, Quinny's her. I'm sure that she did not like that. Her dad was not home in all that, Yeah. in yeah. all that chaos. Yeah. I just, I feel like that speaks to her being even more scared. Yeah. But, um, how did she wake up? at the right time to like go out there and, and being that her brother was next to her. What did you say, Carly? He heard, a, he heard the, her get up and go to the bathroom. He heard her get and up, then go he to the bathroom. Then he heard the bed squeak after that, assuming she came back from the bathroom and went back into bed, but he didn't see her do it. No, I'm actually ashamed to say that this is the first time that I've heard of this case is really? covering it now, like co- covering it with like this week. Yeah. I cannot believe that this doesn't have more attention. I know. Like a nine-year-old girl just leaves and disappears. She's absolutely right. That mom is right. Like it, like if this Someone were a white kid, there would be people with pitchforks outside the sheriff's station, like ready 100%. to fucking. For sure. Totally. Yes. Granted, like they did it and all seemed that the, the law enforcement did the right steps. They were there immediately once they got the call that she was missing. Mm-hmm. which is awesome. It's granted she was only nine. So they knew she wasn't like a teenage runaway, you know, like, oh, she'll come back or whatever. They, they brought the dogs. They, you know, the dogs didn't have a damn scent to go off of. Yeah. That's wild. So I'm, I'm reading about this book, right. And I'm trying to figure out the plot and apparently it's beloved and people don't understand why it was banned. Mm. They're like, it's the best book he ever wrote. A kid named Marco goes fishing in a pond called McGallagot's Pool. A farmer calls him a fool and says, you'll never catch a fish in McGallagot's Pool. But Marco keeps going. He spends the rest of the story describing all the fish that could be coming to McGallagot's Pool from the ocean. And the story ends with Marco still fishing and the farmer scratching his beard and looking confused. I really think you Quinnies are really on to something with the whole... Okay. The books are just really getting me. Something about school keeps striking me over and over and over again, okay? I keep getting school vibes. Literally, Quinnies, I think you're so on the money that it has to do with a freaking school acquaintance, Finnies. So get this too, okay? On findmyscout.com, which is a child abduction website, there's three different types of distinct kidnapping. The first one is family kidnapping, Binnies. It makes up 49% of kidnappings. The second number two form is acquaintance, which makes up 27%. A significant percent of the victims in these cases are teen or right below teen females. Acquaintance kidnappings are the most often ones that occur in homes and residences, Benny's dude. 
And then the third one is a stranger kidnapping, which they only make up 24% of the cases. So do we think someone went in the house? Because she was seen later by herself. Or the lure, the lure. Yeah, the lure. Luring. Yeah. The luring and the imagination. Drop in your lure in McGilligan's pool to try to catch a fish. Oh my God, this is so funny fucking creepy and you know paul holes chopping that the fbi does not normally get involved in homicides that is not their thing they will at times get involved in a homicide but it's not very often that the fbi strictly gets involved in homicides in a sole homicide they are involved in kidnappings and so they must there must they must be leaning towards it's somebody that she knew yeah yeah 100 percent. and what was it maybe true crime garage said Mm -hmm. that missing and exploited children say that under 12 under the age of 12 running runaway the the idea of the child being a runaway is like almost non-existent yes it was i think it was true crime garage yeah which makes perfect sense yeah but if somebody is saying oh let's go on this little Mm -hmm. adventure with me that's a different story if you're being lured by an adult or someone older than you okay however why that day school was closed on friday right So the most recent connection those people, those two would have had, whoever, would have been Thursday. So why would she be going Sunday night? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not Thursday night? Why not Friday? Why Sunday? Right, right. Like Saturday she had a sleepover. Right, Why that which day? makes it just further seem like it's from the inside. And things. again, just like Delphi, if this was a member of the family, if this was someone who knew where Asia was at any moment, any given time, just like Abby and Libby, that something would have happened to them at that sleepover. That is when yeah. they are the most vulnerable. If it was someone who knew her exact whereabouts at any given time, it would have been at that sleepover. That's- <gasps> you guys, school person who also attends her church. School was out Friday, but they did have the basketball game at the school. Sunday at church, that night she goes... Okay. See, okay. Yes, this is, uh, this is, I wrote this on an envelope. This, I I said, uh, community effort slash church school. Who are these people? Who are the people who are in the search? And that's very thematic for us too. We see that all the time of the perpetrators showing up at the searches, Mm -hmm. babies. They can't stay away. Here's another messed up thought. What if the backpack total red herring? What if the backpack was uh, left somewhere, picked up by someone who did not recognize the name that was on the inside because this case was not heavily covered as much as it should have been. Mm-hmm. And someone just used it and put other stuff in it. But then again, how does the book from her school get in it? Right. That's what I'm saying. Damn. Exactly. See. Exactly. Because everything else was random except for her backpack that had her name and the book from the school. That is what you're because you're right. That's the one thing that doesn't make it the red herring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's like they put it in the two plastic bags because they were initially planning to do something else with it. Right. But then they had to go and bury it really quickly or something. What's on the khaki men's khaki pants, man? Why won't they just tell us about the pants? The pants are something. Significant. In some way. Because otherwise they would say, nope, no correlation. We could do this all night. 
I know. Yeah, it's a the lot money. The money. The she money. She would have to weird. show her friends for a reason. Yep. Like not yes. just like I have ten dollars, but like I got ten dollars. You want to know how? Also, I want to know how often she falls out of a game. Yeah. Because what if something's yeah. going on? What if she does not yeah. want people to get close to her? What if she is? What if there's aggression going on because somebody has been putting their hands on her? I was That's just going to say, what if somebody's abusing her in the basketball team? The coaches need to I'm be sure investigated. The, I mean, I'm sure they, they have to have looked at the school at least. At I mean, least, least, I feel like somebody better solve this tonight. I know. As soon as, as soon as this episode <laughs> airs, one of you guys better solve it immediately. If we don't have a listener calling in and letting us know. Jocelyn, you really had a point when like maybe they said, we'll go get your your pre- your parents a present because what the day why that day why that day i'm telling you okay so also aliens or also super possible super possible in this case i mean absolutely I mean, goes into the woods goes into the woods and never comes out again i think the car is significant too i do yeah i really do it seems like a really fucking recognizable car yeah I love you so much. I love you. Lock your doors and all this shit. I love you, Queenie. Lock up. Bye. Bye. Listen to Straight Up Evil.